have us to have ears to hear. And, and that's what, when you read Revelation, it says, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Who's the church? Us. So, yes, it's the written word, but God is speaking, and I don't think, God is not short of anything to say, and God is speaking all the time. But how long, how often are we really invested in, in trying to hear what God is saying for us today? And I guess I, I, I want to just encourage us today that there's, God, is, God wants to lead us. They that are led, Romans 8, 14 says, they that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. So hearing the voice of the Spirit in our spirit and being led by that is critical if we're going to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish in our lives. And whether it's in a job or secular, it doesn't matter what it is, but God wants to speak to us what he wants us to know and what he wants us to do on an on a ongoing basis. Okay, so and that helps also, I mean, we, we have general faith in the word of God. We heard a word this morning. We have faith in that word. It lined up with this word. But when God speaks a fresh word to you, something just comes alive and faith rises, you know, to accomplish just exactly what God says in that, in that fresh word. So if you put that slide up, what I want to remind you today, what the Holy Spirit was telling me, he says, let me encourage you. Today I'm just going to, it's a simple message but, but the Lord is speaking to me to tell you, he said, you know, that when you are walking in a new day, it may require a new way. There's a new way needed for a new day. And so just be, you know, every day is a new day, but there are times when God says, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Just because you did it that way before doesn't mean I want you to do it that way today. A new day may require a new way, okay? So, as we, as we think about that, thank you, Jesus. I want you to turn with me to the, to the story that kind of deals with this. It's in, found in the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 5. And it's a story of David. It's a very short story. I preached on it here before many, you know, I think several, many years ago. But um, the, this is what the Lord was telling me to, uh, to share with you. And I, I really feel compelled this is a short, but it's a significant story in the life of David. And I think it has application for every one of us. So David has been anointed king. Uh, when he was down in Hebron, he had been anointed king over Israel. You know, the, all the people had uh, come to him and they said, he's the king. And he's coming. It says in the upper part of that chapter, chapter 5, it talks about him taking over Jerusalem. But technically, it hasn't happened yet in the latter part of that chapter. So he's coming to Jerusalem. He's going he's to fight the Jebusites and take over the city. And uh, he's been anointed king over, over Israel. Uh, and now as soon as the Philistines, now remember, thank you, the, the Philistines had been, um, um, David had been hanging out with the Philistines the whole time that Saul was uh, king and uh, hiding from, he was hiding from Saul down in, um, uh, oh, you didn't have to do this. I, I got it. So no, I, it's... <laughs> Thank for the backup. I didn't even. All right, backup plan. Uh, but the entire time that uh, Saul was attacking and going after him, he was hiding down in the wilderness, and and uh, uh, he had uh, uh, been with the Philistines there, living in Ziglag. And of course, the, we've seen the stories. And he was the Philistines thought he was working with them, but now they've heard that he's been anointed king over Israel, 
and everything has changed. And so it says, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. Now, the stronghold was back down uh, in the Judean wilderness, down near where Hebron was, and it's in the, uh, in the desert. So he, he goes down there and, and gets away from them. Let, let me tell you something. I'm going to go this verse by verse, and what the, this is what the Lord is speaking to me. When the enemy hears that you've been anointed by the Spirit of God. You know, we just heard a word that we've got the power of God, right? You've been anointed. You have, you have the Spirit of God. Don't be surprised if you see an attack from the enemy in some way when, you've been, when he hears that you've been anointed. Because up until that point, you were not a threat. But anyone that's anointed by the Spirit of God, anyone who has a, carries the Spirit of God in them is already an overcomer. You're a victor. You are a big threat to the devil. And so the Philistines change their tune as far as David's concerned, and, and they go after him, and they try to, they try to come. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, David has a reputation. He's a warrior. You know, Saul killed his thousands, but David is ten thousands. The Philistines knew that he would come after them eventually. And they thought they would attack at the beginning of his kingship anointing before he was any stronger. Because all he's going to do is consolidate power and grow stronger and stronger once he takes over Jerusalem and all the rest of it. So they're going to attack. The devil will attack you at your weakest point. He doesn't attack at your strong points. He attacks at your weakest point. This was, this was at the time when David was just getting started, and so it was his weakest point. Think of it. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days without food or anything else, and when did the enemy come to attack him? At the end of that time, when he's as physically his weakest. Because he knows that there he can make an inroad into you. Whatever your weakness is, that's where the enemy is going to attack. So David hears that, that the enemy is coming, the Philistines are coming, and he goes down into a stronghold, into his fortress, and he hides himself, and he prepares himself for the battle that is coming. He builds himself up in the Lord, builds himself up in the Spirit. He's got all these men around him, the 400 you know, the mighty men, and all these other people, and so they're preparing for the attack that's coming. And it comes in verse 18. Now the Philistines came up to a valley that's in the southwest area, uh, southwest of Jerusalem. It's uh, near the Judean desert, but it's called the Valley of Rephaim. And it means the Valley of Giants. The Valley of Giants. So the enemy sets himself up in this place. It's the Valley of Giants. The only one that I know that was a giant in the Philistines, his name was Goliath, and he had a couple brothers. But the rest of the Philistines are not giants. It says in Peter that Satan walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Satan is not a lion. I mean, he doesn't have, you have already, he's defeated as far as you and I are concerned. He only walks about as a roaring lion. The, the, I think the enemy sets himself up in the valley of giants to say, hey, we're undefeatable. You know, you can't get us. We're, 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 there's no way you can beat us. We're giants. No, they're not. The devil is not a giant. The devil has already been taken down. He's been defeated at the cross. They wanted to put fear into David. If, they can, if the enemy can get fear into your life, into your mind, into your family, he can beat you. Because when fear comes in, faith flees. Fear is the opposite of faith, right? So, so 
yeah. Giants look, I mean, remember what David, David came up against the Goliath. They look like they're 10 feet tall. They're, there's no way we can defeat them except one, one kid, one teenager with a rock beat the biggest man they are, the army the Philistines ever had. Did you ever think about that? I think I shared this a long time ago, but it's always been, it's always been interesting to me. David bent down and picked up five rocks, but he didn't need five rocks. All he needed was one because that rock had a predetermined flight that God was going to send it on a path. It would destroy the giant. He could have shot that thing from behind his back like that. It still would have killed the giant. Because God was directing the flight. The Spirit of God was directing the flight of that rock. And so David's already had experience with giants. And this is nothing compared to what, you know, what he already had beaten down. But the Philistines, I think, trying to strike fear into his heart, but uh, they are not insurmountable. There, there is no weapon formed against you that can succeed the victory is ours, already been decreed. Maybe, maybe nobody in the rest of the world has ever been down the road that you're going, but you know what? God has not been taken by surprise by what's happening to you in your life right now. He's already been there. There's no time in God. God has, think of it, God has already been to where we are and where we will be tomorrow. He's already been, and he's already provided a way. Now, verse 19 so David inquires of the Lord. He had the priest with him. The priest had an ephod. On the ephod were the rows of precious stones, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. There were three rows of four stones each. And on the top of the ephod was the names of, the, of, the, of, the, of God. And in the back... Of there's a pocket in the back of the ephod, and on that pocket, uh, in that pocket was a, a strip of pep, uh, some type of a papyrus or a scroll written, and it was written the name of God. It's called the Tetragrammon. Tetra, I'm not pronouncing it right, but but it was Yahweh. And the way the Urim and the Thummim, according to this. He, you know, according to the rabbis, the way that Urim and the Thummim, it doesn't tell us in the Bible, but the way that the rabbis describe it is that the priest, the, the king would ask a question standing behind the priest. And the priest would think on the name or say the name, it's so holy it couldn't be said, but you know, they would say the name out loud. And as he meditated and as he spoke the name of God, the stones, each of the stones had a letter on it for each of the tribes. And the letters, would, the stones would shine and they would, it would answer like simple answers like yes or no. I know it sounds like a Ouija board, but it wasn't, okay? But I mean, that's how it operated. And so David says to the priest, actually who's interceding for God, shall I go up and fight the Philistines? And the priest asked the question of God, and the stones shine, and the answer is, yes, go, for I will surely deliver the Philistines into your hands. Surely. See, before you go into any fight, 
Before you will ever see the breakthrough you need, you must seek the face of God and pray. How many times have we gotten into trouble? I mean, I, I think back in my life, and, and, and let me tell you something. It's, it's, it is it possible to miss God? Absolutely. Even sometimes when I've asked. Have I ever missed God? Absolutely. But the opportunity to miss God is almost 100% if you don't seek him. So David inquires of the Lord. David prayed to get the mind of God on this situation. And I'm going to tell you something. You and I have the mind of Christ available to us for every situation we encounter. We have something we didn't, he didn't have. He had to go to the priest who had to go to God and come back, you know, as an intermediary, we don't have an intermediary. We have the Spirit of God. And I can know what the mind of Christ is on any situation. Jesus says, if, or, you know, James tells us, he says, if you lack wisdom, what? Ask for it. And he'll give it to you and he won't chasten you or upbraid you or, or, or criticize you for asking. He wants us to ask. So, Lord, what do I need to do in this situation? Jesus, see, but... Here's a general word, okay? I want you to put up that Isaiah 43 verse for me, if you would, Silas. So here's a word. Now, this is the logos, okay? And here's the word that David did not have. This is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through the waters, didn't say there wouldn't be waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers... They will not sweep, away, sweep you away. When you walk through the fire, didn't say there wouldn't be a fire, there will be a fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom and Seba and Cush in your stead. So here is a word from the Lord. Now this is a general word. We can walk in that. That's a victorious word. That applies to you and me. But David needed a specific word. A specific word. David had the voice of the Lord to answer to him, but he needed a now word. Sometimes we say, look, I know I've won, but I'm in the, I know I'm going to walk through this fire and I'm not going to be burned, but Lord, which way do I walk? Do you understand what I'm saying? David wrote this psalm, the 27th psalm, if you'll put that back up for me. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Of sickness, of disease, of the enemy? When the wicked, even my enemies, my foes, talking about the Philistines, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamps around me, even in the valley of Rephaim, my heart will not be afraid. Though war should rise up against me, in this will I be confident in the word of the Lord. David wrote that to encourage himself, to remind himself of how God had delivered him. But here he is going out against the, against the Philistines, trying to find out, do I have a word? You know, is this something I'm supposed to do? And what am I supposed to be doing here, Lord? Sorry. Now, go to verse 20, if you would, for me, please. So David went to Baal-perazim. We'll come to that in a moment. The Lord said, go out. I will surely deliver them into your hand. 
And there he defeated them, just as God said. God is, God's word is true. You can believe, bank on it. He said, as the waters have broken out, the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. So the name of that place was called Baal Perazim. Baal was not the evil gods. It was, they were taken by the evil gods. It just meant God has broken through. God has broken through on my enemies. He called the name, the name of the place up to that time had been the Valley of Giants. Now it's the Valley of Breakthrough. God has broken through on my behalf. God brought forth the breakthrough that David needed, so he names that place after that to memorialize it forever. This is always going to be the place of my breakthrough. He sets up this name as a memorial stone of how God delivered him. It's, it's no longer giants. Now it's breakthrough, breakthrough. The Lord who bursts through. How many, how many of you need, how many of us need a breakthrough in our life today? You've been waiting for a breakthrough? God says, it's, I tell you, the Lord, I am, I am positive of this. The Lord has said this is the year of accelerated breakthrough to the people of God who can receive it. Now, verse 21, the Philistines abandoned their idols there. They left behind all their little gods, and they were made out of precious stones, silver and gold and, and, and precious stones and so forth, and they abandoned them there, and David and his men carried them off. They got all the spoil. Everything the enemy had tried to throw at them, they got back. They were blessed even as they won the victory. How about that? So in the middle of the breakthrough, God not only breaks through and gives you the answer, he blesses you in the process. I'll take that. But now, like I say, it's a short story, but now... So the Philistines have run away, left their idols, but a short time later, it wasn't the next day, but some, some period of time elapses, and it says the Philistines come back, and they spread out again in the same place. To them, it's still the land of giants. They don't know it's the land of breakthrough. So they've come back to the same place, lined up in the same way, and think they're going to do the same thing, well, they think they're going to have a different outcome because they've come back to the same place. Thank you, Joelle, for my notes. And this is where I want us to concentrate upon today. The Philistines came back. You can, you can be sure of this. Even after you fought a great victory, a great fight, and, and, and in the spirit, and you've got the victory, even though you have seen the miracle with your own eyes and the breakthrough has come, the devil will try to come back. The cancer is gone. Family's safe. Your destructive behavior, your addictive behavior has been overcome. But the devil will try to come back again to tempt you, try to defeat you, to pull you down. I mean, think about it. Think of how Elijah was. There he fights the 450 prophets of Baal, wins a tremendous victory, has them all killed. The people are all together, and Jezebel threatens him with, again, you know, uh, his own life, and so he runs away, and he's living in, in, in depression and fear after this tremendous victory. That's how the enemy works. If he can pull you down, he will. Sometimes in our greatest victories, the opportunity for uh, attack becomes large because sometimes we forget who got us there. 
Oh, the doctors did a good thing. Oh, you know, I, I, I thought of that. I just, you know, I don't know how that happened. I just thought of that. And we forget, wait a minute, who, who got you there? David didn't forget who got the victory. He gave God the praise to begin with. He said, the Lord has broken through. Okay. So the Philistines come back to the same place. The place of, you know, the, the, David's place of victory, they want to make it a place of defeat. And so this time, what should David do? This is where so many God's people make the mistake. Well, last time, when the enemy came at me, or last time that this happened, we did this. The last time, we tried that and this worked. Why wouldn't I do it again? Because on a new day, you need sometimes a new way. Don't get into the trap of saying, well, you know, we prayed this way or we did that or we, we've been to this doctor or we, we tried this medicine or we, we tried this, uh, you know, we, we invested over here or whatever. David didn't do that. He went right back to the Lord. He said he prayed again. This is, this is critical. This is where I am with you today, and, and, and the Lord is with me. In a new day, you might need a new way. You cannot let go of that. The danger is you remember how God helped you the last time. What, what David could have done is said, well, you know, they came back out, and we attacked them this way, and then we'll go back out and do it again, and we'll win again. The victory's mine. God, you helped me last time. Surely you want to help. You've already promised me victory. Surely you want me to do this again, right? But how can we go out against the enemy or against any problem that comes into our life without seeking the Lord again? Who gave us the victory in the first place? So as a result, David, David prays. And God spoke to him. He said, the Lord said, don't go Last time there was a frontal attack. You beat them down. But this time, don't go straight up, but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the poplar trees. So he's giving him a new direction, a new way for, an, this is a new day. A frontal attack like the last time, you know, that's not gonna work this time. I want you to try, I want you to do something different. And then, and then it says, and then as soon as you hear Next verse, as soon as you hear the sound of marching in the top of the poplar trees or the myrtle trees or whatever they were, move quickly because that will mean that the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. Wow. So he says, you know, maybe you're not even in an attack. Perhaps you have had a need. Or there was a question about something that you were wanting to do. Or, or maybe it was a job situation or a financial situation. Or maybe it was a procedure. And you ask God for a word. You know, sometimes I don't always get the word that I'm looking for. I don't know about you, but um, sometimes I may be hard of hearing. But when I don't have an answer, I proceed on the best understanding that I do have. And then I say, Lord, if this is not you, block me. Turn me a different direction. Standing still and waiting on God is necessary sometimes, but there comes a point where you've got to move. You have to make a decision. And if I haven't always had the word from God, I, I'm waiting for the word, I'm going to move forward until he tells me move sideways. 
But this time, David inquired of the Lord again, and he says, go around another way. Now, remember, remember the last time God spoke to you in the Spirit said, I want you to do this, and I want you to do it that way. Well, now you're up against a similar situation. Why wouldn't you do the same thing? Because God says, no, today requires a different word. You need a, you need a fresh word. A fresh word. What, what is the Spirit of the Lord saying today? He might say exactly the same thing, but wouldn't it be better to hear that from the beginning? Hear my voice afresh. You, you need a breakthrough. I'm going to give it to you, but it's coming in a new way. It's coming by a different path. Don't miss it. Because the enemy is going to come in like a flood. But you know what? I'm going to raise up a standard in the midst of that. And it's going to defeat him. But I, you know. And I saw, put that verse back up for me for a second. That last verse about the sound. I don't know if you were in here a couple weeks ago. This is vacation month, as you can see. We could, you know, rent our, went to condos a hundred times over in the month of July, right? So, but, but, but. A couple weeks ago, I gave a, a, a message in tongues and interpretation. And, and what the Lord spoke to me says, says that I hear a sound coming. I hear a sound coming. And the sound that I hear is the sound of the army of the Lord coming on our behalf. I know we're in the last days and know the Lord is returning, but, but I'm hearing the sound. The Lord said, I, I hear a sound. It's the sound of the army of the Lord coming. And, and the God says to David, when you hear the sound marching across the tops, of, the army of God moving across the tops of the poplar trees, go out and attack because you're going to win. You can't be defeated. The army of your Lord is going to take care of you. That, that sound you hear is, is a move of God. Don't you think that it's interesting that on the day of Pentecost, as they were gathered in that upper room, what, did they, what happened? They heard a sound, a sound from heaven. Heaven is about to invade in your circumstance and situation. Heaven is about to invade and give you the breakthrough. Suddenly, there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and they were cloaked with tongues of fire and filled with the Holy Spirit spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave him utterance. The sound of heaven invaded and suddenly power came into their beings. Power to overcome. Power to, to break through. God says, when you hear the sound start to move. God is, God is moving on our behalf. Can't you hear it? I hear the sound of heaven invading our space. Hear the sound of heaven. It's a fresh word from the Lord. It's a new day, and it's time for a new way. Hear my voice afresh. I hear the Lord, I hear the Lord saying that. The Spirit of God is coming. He's, he's moving in a new and, and, and powerful way. Don't be afraid. I'm going to tell you something. There is a fresh word for you, and there's a sound coming to take you into this new season of breakthrough, of accelerated breakthrough, to bring you your answer. You need a breakthrough? God said, I will deliver you. You can hold on to that word by his spirit. Have faith in the word of God, but seek his face. Seek his word for you today before you make a move and before you make a mistake that you're going to regret. Wait for it. It'll be accompanied. When the word of God comes, it'll be accompanied by the full force of heaven invading for you.
You can be sure of it. Verse 24, give me verse 24 again. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. So was there, did I not give you verse 25? Let me just say it to you. So David obeyed and David won the victory. See, David got a new word. I mean, it would be easy for him to just go out and do the same thing again. But no, he, he waited on God, and God spoke to him. There's a verse in, in, yeah, so David did as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Gizer. There's a verse in Matthew 4.4. 4. It says, it is written, we've heard this many times in here, man does not live by food or bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The rhema word is a spoken word to us. What do I do in this circumstance? We live by the word of God, the written word. We live by, but, we, but God wants to, he can direct it. We can open up that Bible and that, that, those verses just jump off the page and say, this is for you today. Sometimes when, when you're, one of the reasons we try to encourage you to read the Bible this year, we're all, uh, you know, if you haven't picked up, uh, if, you're, if you're missed out on that, you can go to our website or we'll put some more, when, uh, some more uh, Bible plans out there. But, you know, I wanted, to, I wanted us to be on the same page of, of the word and, and be hearing what the Lord is saying to us. And, and so he guides us that way. But sometimes there's another, sometimes there's an additional word he wants us to have. And we want to be led by those words. God wants to speak to you. A new word, a fresh word, a new way for a new day. It proceeds from the very heart, from the very mouth of God. There's, there's another verse in John chapter 16, verse, verse 13, I want you to see. And it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into what? All truth. He will not speak of his own, but he'll only speak what he hears, and he will tell you what is to come. In another translation, that last part of that verse is, he will tell you only what he has heard from me, and he will let you know what is going to happen. I told you nothing is taking God by surprise. The Spirit of God guides us and teaches us and leads us and gives us a fresh understanding, a fresh revelation, a fresh rhema word for today. He will let you know What's going to happen? That's what God, God doesn't want you in suspense. He wants to tell you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. And when you receive this word, this, this rhema, this fresh word from the Spirit, it automatically generates faith. Fear quits. You, you just know that you know that you know, right? You've been there. Well, God wants you to live in that realm all the time. The rhema word is not something far away or some place you can't just go to it and get it. It's right there. The word of God, the spirit of God is speaking to you. The question is, are you going, willing to listen? Are you willing to ask? Lord, I, I need a word for today. We can't get lazy. You know, the, the Israelites were required to go out every morning and collect fresh manna because they couldn't keep it over, overnight because it would rot. The only time that was not the case was on the Sabbath. They would collect it the night before the, before the Sabbath, and they could eat it on the Sabbath. But beyond that, they had to get fresh, a fresh manna. Manna is bread. Those, 
a fresh word for today is what sustains us. That's why you need to read your Bible every day. That's why you need to be in relationship with the Lord so you can hear what the Spirit is saying to us. What breakthrough do I need? What word have I, have I already received from the Lord? You know, he said, well, don't be afraid. I will sustain you. He's told us obedience is better than sacrifice. He said, I'm the Lord that heals you. Don't be anxious for anything. Peace, be still. You know, it is well. It, we, he said, husbands, love your wives. Wives, love your husbands. These aren't dead words in a book. They're manna. They're fresh manna that God will leap off of you for, for the need, for the purpose of which has been sent at that moment in time. But they've got to be eaten every day. Today, fresh manna will bring you a fresh victory. So let me just close with this. Worship team, you can come on up. How can I receive the breakthrough, the Baal Perazim that I need? Well, David was anointed. Are you anointed? I'm asking. Uh, it's not rhetorical. Are you anointed? Okay, thank you. Well, don't be ashamed of it. Don't hide it. Don't be embarrassed by it. That's why the devil fears you, because you're the anointed of God. The Spirit of God lives inside of you. And greater is he, as I said, that's within you. As I've said many times over the years in here, do you recognize that you're in a war? Do you? You are in a war. The devil wants to kill you. He wants to kill your witness. He wants to kill your family. He wants to kill everything about you. He wants to kill your finances. If he could take you out, he will. You are in a war. He, if nothing else, he wants to make you ineffective. If he can destroy your witness. How many good men of God, women of God, have lost the ability to minister, have lost their witness because they did something foolish, you know, with money or with the opposite sex or, or something else over the year. And as a result, they pulled down a lot of other people with them. When I went into the ministry in 1986, that was the year of Jim Baker and Jimmy Swaggart and all that. And I thought, dear God, I'm in the assemblies of God. And that's people we're dealing with. I was embarrassed to put Assembly of God on the, on the front, on the name of the church. Because they see if the enemy can destroy your witness, he will. That's why you know, it's so critical. If you stay in the word, if you're being led by the spirit, if you understand you're in a war, you're not going to fall. You'll be strong in the Lord and the power of his might will sustain you and give you strength in the midst of the temptation, in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the fire. The third thing is, you must, you and I must understand, this is for all of us, that we, it's required that we be led by the Spirit of God. <laughs> I had a guy tell me one time years ago, I said to him, I, I, I said, have you prayed about this? He said, I don't need to pray. I prayed back there. Or he said, or he said, I prayed this morning. I said, yeah, but you weren't talking about this this morning. It wasn't even on the radar. Have you prayed about it? 
a lot of the things that occur to me that have occurred in my life have sometimes been a result of the lack of inquiry of God. Not many, but a few. But I see an awful lot of people who don't spend much time in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, I want to read the word. I'm going to ask God, what do you have for me today? You know, he might say, go talk to this one or go over here or go there. Or, or maybe he just said, I love you. But if I'm not being led by the Spirit, if I'm not asking, if I'm not inquiring of God, if I don't have a relationship with the Lord, how will I ever know that? And so God speaks to David to go in a certain way. There's a new, a new way today. If this is a new day, you need a new way. And as I said, sometimes I prayed and I didn't get it. I didn't get that new way, but you know what the Lord said? Then here's, here's the whole way, it's still good. Whenever, if you look at the life of David, I know if, you, if you'd gone to Sunday school class over the past couple of years, they spent a lot of time in the life of David. As I looked at the, the character of David, you know what I saw? I saw a flawed man. God uses flawed people. But I can tell you that the only times that he truly ever really missed God and messed up is when he was either led by his flesh or an old word. He tried to do a good thing by bringing the Ark of the Covenant into the city of Jerusalem. But in the process, he didn't inquire of God how to do it or should I do it. It just seemed like a good thing. Let's bring the presence into Jerusalem. And in the process, one of his best friends got killed. And another time, he was overcome with, by his flesh and saw Bathsheba bathing on the rooftop and desired her and had wound up becoming a murderer. And wound up getting his own child. His own child died as a result of it. But whenever David sought the Lord, he won. He won. So recognize that if you're going to have the victory, if you're going to have the breakthrough God wants you to have, you must inquire, you must have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You must be led by the Spirit. The fourth thing, so understand you're anointed, understand you're in a war, recognize that you must be led by the Spirit. And the fourth thing is expect the miracle to come. Walk by faith and not by sight. And finally, David had help. He was not alone. When you hear the army of the Lord marching, when you hear the sound of heaven invading your problem, you'll know that you're going to win. When the kingdom When the kingdom of Messiah was about to be set up, as I said, the apostles who were to tear down and destroy the kingdom of darkness, they, they could not attempt anything until they received the promise of the Spirit and the sound of heaven rushed in and equipped them and empowered them to turn the world upside down. You are not alone. God is with you. God is with you. And finally, the very last thing, if you're going to do this, 
you're going to be led by the Spirit. You're going to you're, you're going to recognize you're anointed. You're not. You're going to understand you're in a war. If you're going to have faith in the miracle, then you've got to give glory to God. You've got to give glory to God. He's the one that brought about the victory. Yeah, you had to fight. Yeah, you had to stand. Yeah, you had to speak. But you know what? God gets the credit. God gets credit. So let me close with this and tell you that this is the year of accelerated breakthrough. But remember, the Lord is saying, today's a new day. You just might need a new way. Inquire of the Lord. Hear the Spirit, what the Spirit is saying to you and recognize that God is with you. And there's a sound from heaven coming to bring you the victory if you'll just ask God, what, why, how, why, and God will speak to you, I promise you. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, every head is, uh, is bowed, every eye closed, and Maybe you're watching by video or maybe you're here in this room. And Jesus Christ is not on the throne of your heart. He, he, he wants to be in first place. Let's seek him first. And all these other things will be taken care of. Maybe you used to serve him, but he's not really in the first place in your life today. You want to change that. You say, Jesus, I want to put you in first place in my life. I need to, to be restored to you. I, I need to come home. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? If you're watching by video, just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins and cleanse me and help me live and serve you, Lord. Is there anyone who needs to make that confession or profession of faith today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Well, then for the rest of us in this room, let me just again say that I believe that this is the year of accelerated breakthrough. All God is saying it's coming. It's here for some of us already. All I'm asking you to do, the Lord says, is to inquire of me. Hear the voice of the Spirit of God. Be led by my Spirit so that you do not miss the new way I want to operate in in this new day that you're dealing with. There you've got a new season in front of you. You've got a future in you. you know, I, I said at the beginning, you want to make God laugh, tell him about your plans for the future. Well, i got news for you. He's got plans for your future. Have you asked him what his plans are? Stand to your feet. Let's just, just stand to your feet for a minute. Just worship him with this song as we sing, as we close out this time. See what the Lord might say to us this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Before I spoke a word, you were singing
And I couldn't hurt it And I don't deserve it Still you give yourself away And all the overwhelming Never-ending Reckless love of God Someone in here has a word for the body of Christ this morning. You have it? Take, take the microphone. This on down here, Isaac. It's, I think it's on. The Lord's saying that he has anointed our feet, our pathway. We don't have to fear because he's taken us on a pathway of increase. And um, you've asked time and time again, but the Lord says you haven't stepped out. And the Lord says it's time to step out like never before and to believe that I will do it like never before and the Lord says I'm singing over you as you go down that pathway I'm singing victory over you and the Lord says you're going to know that you've moved into a new place because you're going to have understanding like you've never had before the Lord says if you will step out you will have um, new words even placed inside of you the Lord says it's time to speak the word of the Lord and to know that I go with you. I am faithful. I will never leave you, says the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, so, so I, I understand. When Moses came to the Red Sea, what did he do? He lifted up the staff and the waters parted. But when Joshua got to the promised land, in front of them was an overflowing Jordan River rushing because it was the time of season of rain. It was overflow. He didn't have a staff to lift up. What did he do? God said, take the ark, let the priest take it and step into the water. And when you step into the water, they will part. When you take the step of faith into a rushing river, there's no way that we can cross this thing. There's no way out. There's no way to go through. God says, take a step of faith and see the river part. It's a new day. It's a new way. Give God some praise this morning. Thank you, Lord. We receive it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Do you have a word? Back there? No? Do you have a word? Somebody over here has a word for the Lord. Give him a microphone. felt that the leaders of this church should get together a few men and a few women but that mean the that mean business for the Lord that are dedicated that want to follow him 
hear his word and seek truly a new day for us. This church should not be half full. We need, we need to move out. We have, I, I was looking at all the potential. This church has so much potential. But the Lord seemed, was saying to me, get together with the pastor and some of the others and let's, let's have a time of prayer and seeking, but expecting a new day <laughs> and a new way to reach out dynamically because as the prayer was, you've got to step out. Amen. Thank you. Lift your hand. Yeah, amen. Thank you, Lord. Lift your hands to the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word to us. We want to hear the voice of the Spirit. What is the Spirit saying? We receive the words that we've, you've spoken to us this morning. Help us walk in it. Help us continue to seek the word of God for our own selves, Lord, in a particular fashion. Father, I bless your people. They're the head and not the tail. They're blessed going in and coming out. They're blessed and only put their hand to do. They're walking in the divine power of God. They're walking in the strength of the Spirit. They are more than conquerors. Their homes are blessed. Their finances are blessed. Their children are blessed. They are heirs and joint heirs with you to every promise you have made. Father, I bless them. Have a glorious week with the Lord. We will see you next Sunday. God bless you. No service this Wednesday. Amen.